Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. reality is <clears throat> you already coughed now they know you're here no that was a big surprise it's a big surprise surprise everyone we're doing a midweek episode we didn't do one the last few times because somebody hadn't watched the movie that we were supposed to watch we wouldn't have been able to do an episode about that anyways i don't think i mean i could talk about the banshee of insurance with you for hours honestly yeah. I don't know. Well, missed opportunity. That's not what we're talking about today. My brother Raheel's here with with you and me and all of us. You know who else is here? NyQuil. NyQuil is here also <laughs> in my bloodstream. We're talking about the entire television show Sopranos, but not the movie that came out like two years ago. Yeah. Just, uh, just a show from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I did it. I binged the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You told me to start watching in December. I did. You said I wasn't going to do it. You thought I wasn't uh, a, a woman of my word. <laughs> you thought I was going to flake. But I did it. I started watching in December. And you know what? I finished it. Here and we I'm are. very sad. <laughs> so now that I finished watching the show, um, what do you want to ask me about it? Because this is your favorite show of all time. And you yeah, were so like thing- really hounding me about watching it. And then I did. So like. What now? What do you want? So, uh, th- the thing is, so we can talk. We can probably do an entire podcast just about The Sopranos. Like we could do that because it's so good, and there's so yeah. much stuff. I'm sure there's it. one out there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure there's, there's like multiple ones. Um, the thing, uh, like I love this show. It's my favorite show of all time, and I keep thinking about why it's my favorite show. Um, and the question I've been asking myself lately is and i would like your answer to this is do you love tony soprano okay it's such a journey because okay beginning of the show i'm like oh okay this guy's uh not a good guy right and Mm -hmm. you're like well he's doing everything for his family like he's not so bad but then by the end of season one spoiler alert he kills his best friend (laughs) right and so, like, that happens and you're like, well, I mean, he did it because he was, you know, wired and the feds, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what he had to do. And you keep going through these ups and downs, like, to the point where when you get towards, like, to the very end of the show, like, it would season six, 
after when he gets shot, you're like, oh fuck. Like when you're when he gets shot by his uncle, it's so tragic. Like it's so sad to see his family, like the way Edie Falco is just really putting her entire just everything into that acting in the hospital. Like those those uh episodes of him in the hospital when he's like in and out and it's just so sad and you're like you obviously feel bad for him because he's a person, you know, with a family and stuff. But by the end of the show, I was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> He's a bad person. You know what turned me? What? Is when he did what he did to Bobby B. Okay. I love Bobby Bacala. Okay. <laughs> Bobby Bacala is the best person on the show. It's, uh, well, I'm sure we're going to go down a uh, favorite character. But as far yeah. as like a good person, yeah, probably Bobby B. Yeah. It's a good person. Tony, it's a good Tony Tony's a piece of shit. Okay. Tony's, Yes. So Real Housewives of New Jersey just like re-premiered this week, right? Yeah. It's just funny to watch that show now also after like watching The Sopranos too. By the way, did you know that a person from the Real Housewives of New Jersey has been on The Sopranos? <laughs> Who's that? You know why? Uh, her name is, uh, she was the owner of this boutique called Posh. Uh, she is the owner of a boutique called Posh. And every year, remember, they used to do the Posh Fashion Show. And mm-hmm. at the Posh Fashion Show is when Jacqueline, Jacqueline uh, Lorita's daughter, Ashley, ripped Danielle's hair out of her head and said, love and light, bitch. And like it was like that whole thing. That was a Posh Fashion Show. And the owner of the Posh Boutique is a woman named Kim D. Kim D used to be a dancer at the strip club where they filmed the Bada Bing. And as a result, she got to uh, play a small role at the Cleaver movie premiere. (laughs) That's fascinating. Yeah, I was so happy. It was, well, she's also famous because recently she was, she was cussing out Teresa about something and she said, clankety clank, because Teresa went to jail. Anyway. So it was nice to see old friends uh, from <laughs> my my most favorite things. But it was like, oh, wow, like really Real Housewives of New Jersey really is so New Jersey and Sopranos really is so New Jersey that you have a legitimate crossover, like a legitimate <laughs> crossover between the two, two worlds colliding. Yeah. Like all you really needed was for them to be like at DJs at the shore and like Polly D to show up. Like it's just <laughs> the most New Jersey show that could have ever New Jerseyed. So that New Jersey part of it, right? How yeah. big of uh, how big of an influence do you think that is on how you feel about the show? I think pretty big. Because yeah. like, I mean, I understand why somebody else would watch it and also enjoy it. But there is such a, I don't know, like just like a, it's just, it's bizarre to like watch a show and like be able to map out in your head where they are. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they're like just moving around and traveling places and going to places. Like, just when you think about like, you know, the episode where where Tony and uh, Adria, A- A- Adriana, yeah, Adriana, mm-hmm. right? Chrissy's uh, fiance get into an accident and they're in Denville. And Chrissy's like, what the fuck were you doing in Denville? Right? Like, no it's just it like that to me. I don't yeah. think that anybody else who watches that would understand why that's important. It's because Denville is out west. It's northwest <laughs> New Jersey. There's no reason for Tony an aide to be going to Denville, except if they want to go to a Coke dealer who's all the way out there. 
because they're all in Essex County, which is eastern New Jersey. So, like, mm-hmm. I do think that there is certain parts of the show that, like, people probably don't realize. And it's not necessarily super important, but it's just, like, little things like that. Or I was like, I'm in the know. Yeah. I know where that is. Yeah, because you, uh, I'm sure that's had a big impact. I remember, like, when I watched it the first time, how excited I used to be when I used to see something on screen that I'd seen in real life before. Yeah, be, like you know, Fountains of Wayne. It, exactly um because i'm sure that's a big and and plus like it was like okay i see something that i know and then also that everybody else it's like other people like this is such a big deal the show is such a big deal and it's like right here like it made it almost like more tangible or like you know something that you could touch or whatever as part of the viewing experience again it's silly because you know it's not like connected to that world in any way but still just just being able to see the location i'm sure had an impact Um, do you think that tony soprano is an out of touch person out of touch with what though would he like if 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 this person existed today if Mm -hmm. the show existed today do you think that he would be considered like an out of touch person or do you think that tony like as the show went on you saw like any type of growth with him as like a as like a a person that would exist in the world like does tony to you seem like somebody who's like untouchable or like uh, like considers himself like you know you look at like the the family in like succession and you're like okay these Mm -hmm. are out of touch people yeah do you think that there's something grounded in tony soprano or do you think that he is also out of touch no, of course. So there's a couple of different ways to look at that, right? So I mean, Tony Soprano, uh, the way that he looks at his own family, mm-hmm. I think there's something relatable to that, right? I think that's mm-hmm. 100% in touch. That's as genuine a relationship as a family relationship I've ever seen. And like his relationship with Carmela is as um, in touch of a real relationship, I guess, that, that uh, I've ever seen. I think. Besides <laughs> so- all the cheating. <laughs> So that, I mean, so even that, right, that can be its own, like, discussion. It's like, okay, so, of course, besides the cheating, but it's also cheating with her knowledge of the cheating. Listen, we'll get into the relationships here in a minute, just a minute. (laughs) But, yeah. But, like, like, Tony's attitudes towards towards race and stuff, right? Like, he's an obvious racist, and I think he's very open about his racism, Mm -hmm. right? Um, if the show was coming out now, I, I don't think that they would change that. No. Um, right? Yeah. I remember I remember it not being as big of a deal as uh, when I watched it the first time when it was actually on. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But I notice it more now as I watch it on more and more rewatches. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that there was... It's like one of the things I wrote down was like, did I think that the show aged well? I think it did. I didn't mm-hmm. watch any of it and like cringe at what was happening because for that character to do the things that they were doing is very realistic. It's very accurate to the way that things are even in New Jersey, which is considered a very blue state. Like mm-hmm. even the the um the senator that he works with, senator or no, the, go- the you know he works with the governor. No? No. No, the state senator. State the guy, senator, the, right? The Newark guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, or like or the mayor of Newark. Yeah. yeah, assembly member. Yeah, assemblyman. So he works with these people. Like, those are, they're Democrats. All the people that he works with are Democrats. So it's not necessarily like this totally um, crazy thing to find out that like 
people who are voting blue are also racist. We know that that's true in New Jersey because mm -hmm. there's still racism in New Jersey, even though it's an extremely liberal state. So I don't think that there's anything really in the show that would have not that that has aged poorly. Um, mm -hmm. If you only if you think about it from the perspective of these are real life things that happen and we are supposed to know that they're bad people. Like it's the way that I watch Succession, right? Like I'm these are supposed to be bad people. These are not people that I'm supposed to admire. I'm not supposed to like them. I'm not yeah. necessarily even supposed to be on their side. But that's why this is so fun to watch because you still end up caring about them. You know, it's weird to like watch the show where like this guy is a blatant criminal. He's a bad person. And then when like you think the feds are on him, like when I think it's season three or two, I think it's season three, where they start bugging his house. I get so mm. nervous. I'm like, Tony, don't go in the basement. The lamp's down there. Like, I, why? But that's why the show is so good is because you end up caring about this big, giant asshole. I don't think anything on the show has aged badly. I think yeah. everything on the show is, I don't think they would change anything really. No. Um, I think what they may change is kind of how much, space and time they had to like talk about racism um, mm -hmm. rather than just showing things um, so but that you know the movie that you haven't watched yet it felt yeah. like that's kind of what it's like a like a soprano -y take on racism or okay. you know race relations and stuff like that so Interesting. that's probably what they would do differently hmm. well can't wait to watch the movie um, okay so the relationships in Tony's life um, there's a couple of like, obviously really important ones, right? What's obviously one is with his mother. Another is with Carmela. There's a lot of these women that he has in his life. It's his mother, his sister, his wife, his therapist, who's a woman and his daughter. I wanted to ask you of those and the various, uh, Gumars <laughs> side ladies. First, I want to ask you, who's your favorite side lady of Tony's? Oh, that's an easy Easy, easy answer. Gloria. Gloria oh Teller, God. always. Just the sales lady at the Mercedes. Yeah. Interesting. At one point, they were at the zoo, and I was like, is that the turtle bag zoo? And then it was a Bronx zoo, so it was fine. Um, Who's your favorite? Who's a hothead? Um, my favorite is the very first one, the Polish girl. Hilarious. She's always drunk. She's like, Tony, you don't love me anymore. I love her. I love her. I love her her cousin or her sister who's like missing a leg who Tony yeah. sleeps with so it's hilarious. I think you know I like the cousin more. Yeah, she's great. She's like, don't fucking talk to me about the Mets. I love her. <laughs> she's great. Um yeah, I mean, every time it happened though, I was like, Oh, come on, Tony, you just told Carmel you're not gonna do this again. Tony like there's uh when he almost hooked up with Juliana Margulies who like I was like mm -hmm. oh what is she doing on this show and then he like looks at her unbuttoning his shirt and he gets this flashback of his wife buttoning up his shirt and he's like yeah. I can't and he stopped and I was so excited for him and then like you know Carmela goes to Italy or to France and then it's over he's like getting blowjobs by strippers in the car I was like all right well I guess that's done um <laughs> But um, hey, don't you don't you love him through all that? Isn't that just adorable? <laughs> you recounted it. Yes, of course. It's terrible. No, he's a bad, bad person. Okay. He is a bad person. He's a bad person. But I'm a laughing, yes, I am. Do you love but you do you love Tony Soprano? I love Tony Soprano. I've gone through this too many times in my head. 
and uh, I love Tony Soprano, the person. He's terrible because he's a terrible guy. I don't know if I love Tony Soprano, the person, or if I just love James Gandolfini, who is just a brilliant actor with this character. So I'm going to say James Gandolfini is the one that I love. I don't. Of course, like that's an Soprano. easy answer. Of course, you. Why? Why would you hate James Gandolfini? There's no reason. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying that I would. So that's what I'm saying. My feelings. Oh, Jesus! You dropped the mic. My feelings about Tony are not so much my feelings about Tony. My feelings are more so about James. I don't like Tony Soprano, but I love James Gandolfini. And it makes me very, very – it made me deeply sad like halfway through. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sad knowing that this man is no longer with us. Like it just destroyed me halfway through the show. I was like, this is just so sad. It's so sad to watch. Like I can't believe this is happening. <sighs> anyway. Okay, these relationships he has. So yeah, like the women, sorry. these women that are primarily in his life. Um, which one of those relationships, mother, wife, therapist, daughter – would you say is the healthiest relationship he has? The healthiest? Yes. I think the daughter one, um, mm-hmm. because I think it's uh, the least complicated. That he just loves his daughter because that's what you do. Yeah. And um, e- even though, you know, I don't know how good of a father he is. Yeah. Um, but I still think that at least that love is uncomplicated. With everybody else, there's a complication to you know, the affection. The relationship with Meadow is so interesting to me because he has such a bad relationship with AJ. Mm -hmm. Like it's so bad with AJ. Um, I think with Meadow though, I think that there's still like a, this is like very common in most uh, immigrant relationships. And I think it's really common in just like in a lot of different cultures and maybe generationally too. But there's like a transaction. There's, 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 there are family relations that are more so based on transactions. So it's like, I'm going to take care of you because I'm your parent, but you need to give me something to show me that you appreciate how much I care for you. And that giving me something is going to be how successful you are or going to the school Mm -hmm. that I want or studying the thing that I want. You know, it's, it's still conditional in some degree to some degree. So like, Mm -hmm. Meadow is beloved because Meadow is like a straight A student. She's like super smart and she's really good at what she does. And like, so Tony can get mad at her, but he also knows like she's getting good grades and she's going to be successful and she's not at all going to go down the path that my lifestyle is. So it's not a fear. He doesn't have that fear with Meadow that he does with AJ. I think with AJ, he sees so much of himself that he's terrified of how to even deal with that relationship. Like AJ is too much of a mirror to him for him to actually try to bond with him. It's like too much. And so that's Mm -hmm. why it's like such a fucked up relationship with him. But Meadow is all the things that Tony isn't. And that's why he, it's so easy to love her because those are all the things that he wishes he was. That's incredible. So I've been watching the show on repeat for the last, I don't know, 15 years. I've never thought of their relationship on those terms. That, you know, that it's easy for him uh, to love her in a sense because she's holding up her end of the bargain. Yeah, she you is. I mean? Like she's doing the thing that he wants her to do. So like, it's easier that's why, to love her. Yeah, it's so hard for him to love AJ because AJ's not doing any of those things. And And if you think about his frustration with his mom, right? I think like... Um, Dr. Melfi kind of brings it up too that yeah, I think you get annoyed with AJ because AJ has the type of mom that you wish you had. 
And mm-hmm. even though you, you know, AJ has the parents and the opportunities and all those things, he's still not doing his part of his role yeah. as your son. He's not doing the bare minimum to be appreciative or to be smart or to be successful or to be productive or anything. And so like, that's a lot of Tony's frustration is I'm doing everything I can for my kids to not turn out like me. And for one of them to end up possibly going down that path is fucking terrifying. He hates it. That's like, that's the shit he doesn't want. It's funny because so I have a friend who is a uh, family was involved in organized. Uh, what do we call this? Activities. Activities. Yeah. And um, he told me that when the show was on, he wasn't able to watch it because he he was the age that Meadow Soprano was. He was like, it was difficult for me to watch because I know exactly what was happening. Because he said back in the day, the tradition was that if you're, you know, if you are a captain or a boss or whatever, your son is going to take on whatever you do. Your daughter's going to get married. And your son's going to take on whatever you do. But at some point, what was decided was that they're not going to do that anymore. It's going to be, it's not even a choice for the kids anymore. The kids are not going to be involved in the business. We work hard. We do all the stuff that we do so that our kids don't ever have to go down the same path as us. Yeah. And so in season two or three, when um, Jackie Jr. is like not going to college, he's like dropping out of Rockers and he's like doing all the things that Ralphie Sifaretto is like sneakily having him do. That's the stuff that like makes Tony crazy because their generation was supposed to be sort of the last generation of fuck ups that take on the family business. The the generation after them is supposed to be better than them. They're supposed to not Mm -hmm. have to do the things that they're having to do. They're like, I think Tony, like we want to talk about him being a good guy or a bad guy. He's not a bad guy in the sense that he doesn't want his kids to do crime. He doesn't want other people's kids to be doing crime. Like, He's like, I'm doing this so that you don't have to. So my friend told me that like that was like a very real thing that, no, I you don't have to do these things. You're going to go to college and you're not going to be involved in any of this at all. But the people who are like the fuck ups of the family, the people who are like weren't that bright, the Christopher Moltisantis of the family, they do go into the business in that way. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's that's something that I really enjoyed watching because you obviously see the, the very clear double standard of how he treats different types of people. Yeah. But that's also what makes him such a wonderfully complex character. Do you think of the show first uh, about the mob stuff or the family stuff? The family stuff. The family Definitely. stuff. Definitely. Family and therapy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact that like the, the catalyst of all of this is that he just has panic attacks all the time and they're like hereditary mm-hmm. and his dad used to have them. And like AJ has them. It's amazing. Like I just didn't, I don't know. Cause you know, for me now, like mental health stuff is so, so heavily talked about like everywhere that it's, it's so um, it's like revolutionary that in like the late nineties, early two thousands, there's a show where we're talking about mental health and panic disorders and all this kind of stuff, like childhood trauma and projection and all that kind of stuff. It's super duper cool. So that's the stuff that I think about because a lot of therapy is actually diving into your family and your childhood and how that impacts you as an adult. So I, I love it. What do you think is the most toxic relationship he has? 
I hate um I hate what happens between him and uh Janice a lot <laughs> of the time. It makes me just sad and angry. Like so there's this um uh like I think about all of the terrible things that Tony's done. Um and for some reason remember that Sunday dinner scene when he brings up Harpo. Yes. That's like the cruelest thing he's ever done. So cruel. It's so mean. He's so mean to her. They're both so mean to each other. They're just, They're just terrible so to each other. They're just so fucking nasty to each other. Oh, I hate it so much. I can't believe you told me that I was Janice. It's so hurtful. So here's my fear. My fear is that you feel that other people think of you as Janice, but we don't. Okay. Okay. 100%. <laughs> I do fear that. And I fear, yeah. I fear it. And I feel like you saying no, but we don't is a lie. No, that's because I know you so well. I know that that's what you fear other people think about you. But we don't, <clears throat> is what we agreed to. <laughs> you know who Janice reminded me of? Who? Kathy Wakili. You remember Kathy? That's a bike lady, right? She's a lady. Yeah. Don't you think Janice would ride a bike on 46 to like Karate's she would, bakery? Yeah. She would. Yeah. And then... Right as soon as she was done, she would tell you the benefits of riding a bike. 100%. Janice is so fucking annoying. But I still was so sad for her. I was sad yeah. for her, but I was like, you should have never been with Bobby B in the first place. How dare yeah. you? Um, yeah, the uh, relationship with Janice is real toxic. But it's just an extension of his relationship with his mother. Mother, yeah. So what? what's... Oh, yeah, I forgot about the mother. I think, you know, if she hadn't died, um, the mother would have been like the other main relationship. Yeah. Um, if the actress hadn't died in real life. Um, I know. I didn't realize she was CGI. Yeah, in that one scene. Is that the most toxic relationship to you? Um, I think the relationship with his mother is the most toxic relationship. Mother and Janice, for sure. Because that's actually like Tony at his nastiest. Like Tony yeah. is the nastiest to Janice and his mom. He's just so fucking mean. He's so mean. And even like like the um uh the birthday episode in season six right where they're like at the cabin and they both get drunk and and then he starts like the fun of janice and yeah. then yeah the monopoly game and then he beat he and bobby get into a fight and bobby b clearly wins yeah and like tony just to be fucking like the piece of shit that he is gets back at sweet bobby b bobby like all right well you're gonna kill a guy for me <laughs> what <laughs> what Oh my god! And like it's sweet, Bobby B. At the end of the episode, he just gets back to the cabin. He picks up little Dominica and he just hugs her and looks out into the lake. And like the sun is setting, and he's like kind of crying. Tony's such an asshole. God, he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's just. But that's the thing. Like the worst parts of him come out. The worst parts mm. of him come out when he is with his sister and his mother, like the original Sopranos. You know just yeah. oh he's the worst um the relationship that made me the saddest was his relationship with uncle jr yeah so like i i don't rewatch season six a lot because uh, uncle june stuff is tough for me yeah sometimes mm -hmm. um i don't know i don't know how i think about that one what do you think about okay let's talk about tony's crew okay he's mm -hmm. got his crew he's got silvio who okay he's at silvio i'm gonna say big puss because even though he died after the first season he was still an important part right silvio, the second season yeah. oh second season okay silvio puss Polly, chrissy 
I'm not going to say Bobby being there, but like, those are like the four main guys, right? Yeah. Who's your favorite? Silvio. He's the best. Well, as part of the crew, it's Silvio. Yeah. As a character, it's Chrissy. Yeah. Chrissy makes me sad, too. That's actually also a super toxic relationship Tony has. With Chrissy? Yes. He. Spoiler alert. He kills him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Tony is a toxic presence in Christopher's life. I don't yes. think it's the other way around, though. Yes, he is. <sighs> Sweet Christopher Moltisanti. Why? Why didn't Michael Imperially do more stuff? I don't know. He should have been a bigger deal. He's very good. Yeah, he is so good in it. He's so young when the show started. He was like thirty-two or thirty-three, which is crazy because on White Lotus, the kid out who played his son Albie is the same mm-hmm. age as Michael Imperioli was when he started Sopranos. Time, am well, I, I mean, right? Age. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what your point is. The show started 24 years ago. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, my favorite person to watch is Polly. Um, yeah. Because you could just feel the secondhand embarrassment for him all the time. He does. So it's funny because like, I always noticed his little chuckle, his little <laughs> And then there's that one episode where like Polly and Tony go down to Miami mm-hmm. and uh, they're like together. And Tony at some point is like, do you have Tourette's or something? <laughs> you should get it checked out. What's with the ha all the time? You're constantly. I was like, oh, OK, that drives everybody crazy. Like Polly drives everyone nuts. But I just also feel so sad for him. He's like not a nice person. He finds out that his mom wasn't his mom. It's, he calls <laughs> He calls his real mother a whore. Like, he's so complicated, but also I just feel so sad for him because he's just a lonely guy. Like, he has nobody yeah. else. That's all he has. I, I remember being annoyed by Pauly, uh when I was watching it. Like, you know, there's sometimes when I feel like he's too much, mm-hmm. uh, too much for me to handle. Yeah. Um, but on the rewatches, you do notice more the more of the other stuff, right? Like how sad he is and yeah, really how fucked up he is and stuff like that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's your favorite? What's like the main relationship you think of in this show? I think that's kind of a stupid question because I think there's only one, right? It's it's Tony and Carmela. When I think about Tony and Carmela, I have to think about Tony, Carmela, AJ, and Meadow. Like I have to think about that family unit together. Yeah. I don't ever think about just Tony and Carmela because Carmela is always attached to the kids. Like, I don't think that Tony even views her as just his wife. I think he always views her as his wife and mother of his children. I don't think to him it's that she's just the woman in his life because he he has several women in his life. 
So Carmela is more the mother of his children than she is, you know, his wife or anything. The main relationship I think about is definitely Tony and like that little unit and then Tony and Dr. Melfi. So more so Tony's relationship with himself. I think gotcha. that's that's interesting. Um, the episode where he, spoiler alert, kills Christy and then he goes to therapy and then he's like, uh, he he's like, he has a dream first and then he goes to therapy and he has almost the same thing where he's like, I feel kind of relieved like that this guy's not around to fuck up my life anymore. It's just like so fucking sad because it's like, well, the only reason he was around to fuck up your life is because you're the one that fucked up his life to begin with. <laughs> I love Silvio Dante. I think that he is amazing. I think that he is life goals. Okay. He runs a strip club. He's very passionate about Columbus Day. I want to talk about that for just a second. So in my town, we had a lot of hoopla a couple of years ago when they wanted to take down the Christopher Columbus statue, mm -hmm. which was covered on The Sopranos. And nobody is more infuriated about that than Silvio. Silvio's really mad. He's really mad. And I love that by the end of that episode, Tony's like, what the fuck else do you want from your life? So what? They're taking down the statue. You own one of the biggest strip clubs in New Jersey. You're a made man. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want. Like, what else do you want, Sil? And he's like, fine, it's okay. But when in my town, there's like a there is an old Italian presence, and a lot of the characters on the Sopranos, even his mom, live in West Orange. They live in the town that I live in. Uh, or they live in Verona, which is like the town next door. So it's all this area. And it was so interesting to like watch the Columbus episode uh, where people are protesting that while also knowing that like 20 years later, this is still a conversation that's still happening. So mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Now, Tony's got a couple of enemies. Yes. Okay, let's go down the list. Obviously, Uncle Junior and his mother, right? Very first yeah. season. They're trying to kill him straight up. <laughs> Then every season you have like a new person. You had then uh, the disgusting Richie April, who died a great death, in my opinion, shot by Janice. Great times. Then you had Ralphie Cifaretto. Mm -hmm. Would you say the worst person on the show? Uh, yeah. So that one Ralphie sin is the one that I think about all the time. Um because I think about like, okay, who am I rooting for here? Who are the people that I'm watching and rooting for here? Even when I'm thinking about whether or not Tony's a good person or not, that's the that's kind of like the first thing that I think about. Because you can see that he is sad about Ralphie doing, you know, killing that girl. Yeah. And like Tony's actually upset about it, but he's not that upset that, you know, he does anything to Ralphie because Ralphie's still making him money. So yes. it's like, okay, well, Tony's yes. a real bad guy. Yes, exactly. Um, Ralphie's definitely the worst, one of the worst guys that he's, I think, mm -hmm. had on the show. I feel like that was like a long, I was like very much like this man needs to die yesterday. I hate him so much. Uh, very satisfying to be like, oh, okay, that was purposely a wig. It was a bad wig. It was a bad piece <laughs> on Ralphie's head. Um, but also with Ralphie, even his death, when it happened, I was like, but his son is in the hospital. Like, I don't know if I love this, Tony. Uh, um, and then I think the last few seasons, it was like primarily the tension with the New York crew, which was led by, which was led by Johnny Sachs. 
and then later on by Phil Leotardo. Yeah, Phil Leotardo. So Johnny Sack, I never thought of him as an enemy, really. I always thought that him and Tony were kind of on the same. It was touch and go sometimes. It was touch and go. I mean, there was obviously, you know, there they were at war from time to time, but I never, but maybe that's because I knew kind of on my other rewatches how it would turn out. Listen, Johnny Sachs knows, Johnny Sachs knows that Tony makes fun of Johnny's wife. Okay. Sweet Um, Johnny Sachs. It's, but by the way, it's Johnny Sack. Isn't it Sachs? No. Oh, Sacrimony. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Sorry. So um, sorry. The Johnny Sack wife jokes. I wonder if those would remain in 2022. And I think they would. They would because they're part of the plot. Yeah. And the thing is, they would remain and they're part of the plot. And it's not like he loves his wife any less. Like he adores his wife. He, he loves, loves her so, so much. much. He loves sweet Jenny so much. So I feel like it's fine. He really loves yeah. Jenny and his kids. Um. Yeah, and then you hate Phil Leotardo. Who's your who's your uh who's your favorite bad guy? Or who's like who's like not your favorite bad guy, but who would you say is the biggest piece of shit that Tony's fought with? The biggest piece of shit. Um uh, probably Phil Leotardo. Mm-hmm. I don't know, who else? Yeah, Ralphie, I would say, is the worst. Yeah. yeah. Eh, what are you gonna do? Uh Phil Leotardo, tell me your feelings about him. And so he actually caused me dread. Um, by the end of it, because like the last season, um, they were going up against each other, right? Plus, you know, it's the last season, though, so the possibility of Tony dying is very high. Uh-huh. Um, so just in in those terms, I, he I, he was the one that I was scared of for the the longest. The others, I really wasn't that scared of. Um, like Ralphie, right? Ralphie's a terrible person. I wish yeah. he was dead much yeah. much earlier. But I also didn't think he was actually a threat to Tony. Yeah. Right. Who is your favorite character who is not Tony Soprano? Who's not Tony Soprano. So it's funny. I think of Carmela as the other main person on the show. Yes. No. Yeah. I don't I don't think of her with the kids. I like I think of that relationship as a main relationship. And the kids aren't attached to it, mm. actually. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I maybe love I Carmella. just view it differently. Oh, she's great. She's wonderful. Somebody was comparing Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green's stupid ass outfit oh, that she no. wore to the State of the Union. They were like, "Why is she dressed like Carmela Sobrano?" I was like, "Why would you talk about Carmela Sobrano that day, that way? How dare you <laughs> put some respect on Carmela's name?" Yeah, she's great. So, and Edie Falco's just incredible. She's the best. She's probably the best actor on the show. I yeah, think. For well, sure. maybe James. I don't know James yeah. Gandolfini. They're both just so good. Just all of her crying when she picks up the phone and Chrissy's when he's like Chrissy's dead. The gasp that she gasped was incredible. <laughs> She sucked the air out of my lungs with that. Yeah. Um, also, she's like kind of hot. Like, even when she gets her bad, like, uh, John and Kate plus eight haircut before the separation. Yeah. It's like a weird Karen, the manager haircut. And Tony's like, mm, what did you do to your hair? <laughs> and she's like, I'm trying something new. Um, even with that, I was like, damn, she's still kind of hot. Like, do you think she's hot? You know, I was uh, watching. I remember watching season six and like when Tony's in a coma and then yeah. like you remember when so she's like sad about it and all this other stuff. Right. And yeah. then she's like there's like this one scene where she's like trying to pep him up. Yeah. And she's like talking about how hot that Tony made her. And I was like, this is like I was like, 
I've been watching this relationship for like five years. This is like another new move. I had no idea this was in there. I don't know how to feel about this. She's right. like, you made me so hot. And like, she's like, you carry me over your shoulder. I was like, oh my God, Carmela, please. The children are in the room. Yeah. Um, oh, sweet Carmela. Um, I just is uh, Carmela a good person? I think we can agree Tony's not a good person, uh, right? But is Carmela a good person? Well, I think that the guidance counselor that she slept with said mm-hmm. it right when he said, "Carmela, you are a user." Really? Use people? Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought but, the guidance counselor was a piece of shit. I hate. I that mean, guy. he wasn't a nice guy either. But here's the thing. Um, he's not wrong, but again, I think that this goes back to the conditional nature of all these relationships, the transactional Mm -hmm. nature of these relationships. This is how they wield their power around. Like the way that she got somebody to write a recommendation for Meadow to college, she just like casually comes over into the office she's not she doesn't have an appointment she knows it's not possible she's gonna make the ziti she's going to drop it off she is going to get in your face she is going to remind you whose wife she is because she knows exactly what she's doing and yes she's not killing people but she's still using the name of the guy who kills people to get the stuff that she wants and also early season she's kind of a bigot like doesn't really like black people definitely doesn't like gay people Later on, she changed her views on that. But still, like, you know, Carmela Soprano, mm, uh, not a a good person. Not a good person. Not a good person. I agree. Um, I think that it's important to talk a little bit about the veto storyline. Because was that, what was that like when it was on TV? Because watching it now, I'm like, okay, this is something that happened. I'm interested to know what that what the the conversation was around that when that showed on TV um, that Vito is gay and that they are literally trying to figure out whether or not they should kill him because he is gay. So what I remember of it um, at the time is that there was there were a lot of jokes about it, right? A lot of jokes that would at this point be uh, considered obviously homophobic. Yeah. Right. Um, But you also, you know, like it did not seem ludicrous that the that, you know, that the mob would kill this person. Whereas right now, I think if I saw that, I would think that it is a little bit ludicrous. Yeah, that that would happen. So that's what I remember. And then I remember, obviously, a lot of like a lot of jokes about it. So, you know, like that scene um, in uh uh, Dr. Melfi's office where she asks him and then you know he says he's a so that he's used to be a sound the F words are right so yeah. that used to be a sound bite that you used to hear on the radio all the time yeah right so that's kind of what I remember about it and then you know but I do also remember thinking uh that Tony is evolved in certain yes. ways because you know he says you know part of me just says you know just let him live right yeah. And you're like, well, of course, I think all even at that point in 2006, uh, despite the fact that, you know, culture was just more homophobic in general, yeah. everyone kind of agreed that that is where we should, you know, be. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I do remember it being just a lot of jokes. 
Yeah. I I think that that's interesting. It's like I I would say you just reminded me like what was it that Tony did over the years in the seasons that made me think like mm-hmm. oh he's evolving. I think that was one of them. He didn't he didn't want Vito dead. He was like I don't think that it's a big deal. I mean partially Tony's thought was that he's his highest earner. So he mm-hmm. especially doesn't want him dead because it it affects his money. But I think also to him to some degree it was like what's the big fucking deal? Like and it actually I think made him sad that this happened and I think the other thing was that they kept saying you don't have to be so open about it. You should have been more careful. It happens all the time. Yeah. People go to jail and what do you think happens in prison? It's not a big deal. You have to have conditions. There's no women there. Like they have so many excuses for why being gay is acceptable in certain conditions, right? Which is like also Mm -hmm. super fucked up because it shouldn't come with conditions. But when you talk about evolution of a character, Tony thinking that is very different than what you would have thought that he would have said maybe five seasons before that. So it was like he was evolving until he made Bobby B kill person because he got beat up during Monopoly. Who is the funniest character to you? (gasps) Um, uh, little Carmine is it? Carmine yeah. Junior. Ridiculous. <laughs> Just like. Hey man, I think Christopher. Yeah. Um, Christopher is funny sometimes, but also Christopher's like stupidity makes me sad. Uh, Carmine and Christopher together was really funny. The episode with like, where like, what is it? Judy Dench was in there or something, or um, it was uh, what's his name. The guy who ben played Kingsley. Gazi. Ben Kingsley was there. Like that episode is super funny. Uh, but besides him, the character that made me laugh the most was probably Polly. Because he's so funny. He's so ridiculous and he's so funny. Also, um, what was the name of the Italian guy that Carvella fell in love with? Furio. Yeah, I loved him. He was so funny. His his shit was just hilarious. He would come in and he would just be like, even when he was being mean to someone, he would just say it in such a way. I'd be like, you're hilarious. I love him. Uh, that was one of my favorite characters. And Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano. Very funny. Hilarious. Yes. So remember how uh, Bobby B wouldn't eat his wife's lasagna? Yes. <laughs> of course. Now, Can't let's say lasagna. you're on the way out. Uh-huh. What is the dish that you're leaving for your husband where you're like, this MF is going to remember me. First of all, I'm not cooking and freezing nothing. Okay. You don't want to leave you don't want to leave like a signature dish or anything. Okay, first of all, Karen died suddenly. I know she did. I'm so saying she was if just you a had... really good wife, okay? Yeah. She died suddenly. She she wasn't preparing to go. If I'm preparing to die, the last thing I'm worried about is what this motherfucker is going to eat after I'm dead. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. yeah, I guess so. The answer is then. the answer is nothing. <laughs> um, but I mean, I just I made him a burger yesterday, and he was really happy with it. But he can't, you can't freeze that. <laughs> Wings? I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought I thought I thought you were part of a loving marriage. My mistake. <laughs> His mom is a better cook than me. What can I say? What are you gonna do? <laughs> All right, let's talk about the ending of the show. Can you talk to me about your experience watching the ending when it aired live? The finale, at least. I thought the cable had gone out, and I was very upset for five minutes. For sorry, for five seconds. Yeah. Um, and, then- and then, and then the credits came up, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> did they mess up?" <laughs> did you like the ending? And then, uh, initially, I did not. Initially, I hated it. I was oh. like, "I want, I want answers." Mm-hmm. 
But then on the rewatches, I get it. Like I, I like it now. I think because there's no like, what's a prop? What's the other way? What's the, what's a satisfying ending? Right? Do you actually want to watch him die? Because now I do believe that he is dead. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was gonna be my next question: Is do you think what do you think happened at the end? Yeah, I think he died. You think he got clipped by that guy that was going to the bathroom? Yeah, the one in the members only jacket. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also think him being in the members only jacket was important because of the first character that died in season six in a members only jacket. I did not put those two together. Oh, yeah, well, the tall guy. The tall guy who kills himself. Yeah. In a members it's only really, jacket. What's the saddest death to you? Um, that one was very sad. Yeah. That one made me very, very sad. Um, the, you know, there's a lot of stuff, obviously, about like mental health and stuff. There's an episode that made me extremely, extremely sad. It was just a heartbreaking episode. It's called Act Like a Man. It's from season six. Mm-hmm. And this could just be recency bias because I just watched that like a week ago. But it's these, it's the episode where um, Christopher is trying to like get back in with the guys because he feels like they're kind of pushing him out because he's always trying to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also the episode where AJ is depressed because Blanca has left him and uh the Parisi's sons are like at the bing and they're acting like regular guys and going to college and partying and all that stuff and Tony wishes that he would act that way they would act that way right Mm -hmm. so you have these two guys right AJ who like doesn't know how to deal with his feelings and doesn't want to be hanging out with these like shitty scummy guys at the bing and Christopher, who has his own problems, but is trying to stay clean for his like wife and his kid and everything. And this concept of like, you need to act like a man, you need to act like a man is leading these men that these two, like one who is his actual son and the other one who is like a son to go down the exact path that Tony doesn't want them to go down. But because in his culture, in his mind, in the environment that he's been raised in, he feels that that's a necessity for you to be a man, for you to act, figure out what's going on with yourself. You should just like do these things. And that's the only way he knows how to push them to like be more alive or be with it. And it was just like the saddest episode because it ends with Christopher getting hammered and going, getting super drunk, being made fun of for going on like a tangent. And then he goes and he shoots his writer friend kills him and aj uh goes along with these guys who like are doing shitty things in college and like tortures a dude and burns his toes off with like battery acid Mm -hmm. and so like or like i think it's also the episode where he like they like beat up a black guy on a bike on a bike and like it fucks christopher up i mean sorry it fucks aj up um i mean it's like an episode later but i think like You know, I talk to anybody about toxic masculinity and how much I hate it, but it was such a sad episode because it's like all the things that I think Tony doesn't want for these men, but the environment that he's creating is only going to lead them down that path of like complete self-destruction. It was just very sad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But that episode made me really sad, but the saddest death was... Also, Gloria's death, even though we didn't see it, Gloria's death yeah. made me sad. That that one was that's a uh, probably the death that haunts haunted me the most, especially yeah. when she comes back to him in that one dream sequence, and she has yeah. like the handkerchief around her. Uh, 
Neck that one was sad. And then just sweet aid. I think Adriana's oh, death really, God, really bummed me out because A, I was sad for her, right? Yeah. And then I was also sad at like uh, that I got to see this more menacing side of Silvio because yes, I don't think I'd seen right. that. I had got that out of my brain because I don't like to think about it. That was super duper sad. That was just because so he's doing it to Adrian because I, and you know that that's you know that's how he kills people. He's a killer. Yes. yes. Right? But just to see him do it to her. Yeah. Like he really enjoyed it. It was just oh, that killed. It was me. also extremely heartbreaking because like it feels like, you know, Tony even says like in season 6 like he, they say throughout they never come for the family. You know, the family's always protected. But because Christopher hadn't married her yet, Mm-hmm. She was just not considered family. And so they considered her somebody who was, you know, that they could like get rid of. It just like broke my heart for her. And also because she was like part of the business, right? Like she had the club and everything. And I think they just didn't view her as a valuable person because of the misogyny of it all. I don't think they viewed her as somebody like a Carmela or Sylvia's wife or even like Rosalie April. Like they just didn't consider a um, aid to be a person to be valued in that way, in the way that like a traditional woman would be valued because they viewed her still as like a sexy girlfriend or fiance of Christopher's to the point where Tony almost slept with her. Right. So like, I just don't think that they respected her in that way. So fucked up. Fuck you, Tony Soprano. It's fucked up. That was a sad, (laughs) sad, sad death. What's your favorite episode? Uh, probably white caps. Oh yeah. White caps is great. And then I think the, um, the second to last episode was really good too. It's so intense. Yes. Blue Comet. Blue Comet. So sad. So, so sad. Uh, I like the happy birthday episode a lot. Uh, like I said, I like the act like a man one. Um, I enjoyed the episode. Um, I enjoyed like some of the episodes with you do talk about race. I like the Christopher, the Columbus episode. Um, when A died, that was really sad. The episode yeah. where Christopher died, that was really a lot of funerals on this show. Like every, by the way, don't the funerals seem so fun? <laughs> um, there's two things that I wish that we would adopt. Is one is like just basically just a like the general mood at the funerals. I think yeah. I would because they're open about crying, which is okay. Yeah. So you can cry if you want to, and then you can also just kind of hang out. Yeah, I just like the people show up with like big wads of envelopes and they just like put it in a thing and they shake somebody's hand and that's how they show like love. (laughs) Um, Do you think that Christopher's wife being super hot at the like just his wife being super hot was one of the reasons why Tony didn't feel bad about killing Christopher? What's he called? He calls her like Jackie Onassis. Yeah, he's like, look at her. She looks like Jackie O. (laughs) Like he peers, he like he like looks at her like breastfeeding the baby. He's such a creep. <laughs> but do you think that that kind of helped him feel better? Because I do think that that was one of the reasons why he was like, "Well, yeah, fuck that guy." Like he, he got no. To like- but I, I think throughout that he was looking for reasons to make himself feel better about what he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even I think is it at the funeral or I don't remember when, but he talks to somebody about like how the branches went through the the car seat, right? Yes, like he wants funeral. people to yes, know he that. keeps doing it yes 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 yeah, yeah. because he wants because you know he's just like that everyone should be on the same page because i think he feels guilty about the fact that he's not sadder about it well he of course he's not sad about it he did the killing <laughs> I mean, it's not like he yeah. went sorry 
Yeah. It's not like he went out of his way to kill Christopher, right? I don't think he was looking to kill Christopher when he got into the car. But he's like, he's probably thinking about like the, the time it takes to rehab and just having to deal with him. And this is just a way that you can just nice and easy. Yeah, but I think it's also all the other things. The fact that Christopher being an addict and mm-hmm. is always a liability to him. Yeah. You know, and so and also because of all of like the Adriana stuff, I think he's still like harboring a lot of that because they never really talked about it. So um, and I think that he knows that he knows that like in some way, I think Tony always knew that he owed Christopher something by doing that. Like Mm -hmm. Christopher gave him something so big. He sacrificed something so big for him that I think Tony was like, well, I he he has me in that way. Right. Like. I owe owe something to him now. And so like going back to those conditional relationships, transactional relationships, that's everything in Tony Soprano's life is like that. Everything is a give and take. What are you doing for me? What can I take from you? Can you yeah. can you um blackmail me about anything? Nothing is a pure relationship except for his relationship with Meadow. Tony Soprano, not a good guy. <laughs> this just did. Tony Soprano, not a good guy. Um, should I watch uh, uh, what is it called? The movie? The Many Saints of Newark. But I keep calling it the All Saints. And you know that's not the movie. <laughs> I believe it's a church. Oh, but the no, Many what's... Saints of Newark? Yes. You know, I you went should. to college in Newark. I should watch that movie. Yes, you also live five minutes from Newark. I know. You should I, watch that movie. Apparently I live in Olivia Soprano's neighborhood, potentially. Um I should watch that movie. Also, a lot of the show was filmed on campus of where I went to college. Mm. Did you know that? I did know that, yes. Mm. You never told me. I've been Just trying to tell you to watch the show for the last me for 15 20 years. years. You've been telling me ad nauseum. Okay, listen. The NyQuil is kicking in and I'm losing my mind. Um, but uh, I'm I started a thread on Twitter of all the different characters from the Sopranos and who they remind me of. Oh my God, we didn't talk about one really important person. What am I? This character is really funny and he's so, he's so funny and he always cracks me up. And I would love if he was a real person with a real restaurant and I would go there every single day and I would eat there every day. (laughs) And it is, what the hell is his name? Oh my God, my brain just blinked out. Artie Bucco. I fucking love Artie Bucco. Okay. I love him. I love him when he gets his earrings. I love him when he gets his earrings snatched out of his ears. I love him when he hits on everyone. I love him when he gets rejected. I That man has gotten hurt in every possible way. His establishment burned to the ground. He got divorced. He got back together with his wife. He he tried to hit on aid. Uh, she was like, nope, that's not going to happen. He got depressed after that, which is hilarious. He's gotten drunk many times and like poured his heart out to Tony. He's had his hand shoved into hot, like, burning gravy sauce. Um, he's been harassed quite a bit. Yes. Uh, but he still keeps going. He still keeps cooking and talking way too much to customers. And I fucking love him. He was one how, of my, he was so funny. How good does a food at Vesuvio's look? And is that a tradition that we should adopt? You know, just like sometimes they just show them at the Vesuvio and they're all like dressed up. And it's just like Tony and Carmela or like Tony and like Silvio and Pauly. And they're just wearing suits. 
I was thinking like there's there's like the culture of like wearing really nice leather loafers with yes. slacks and like a little like a leather jacket. Just like that look, right? Like the wise guy yeah. look. It's not smart because I don't think you can run very fast in that like in those in those clothes, right? Like yes. you're not those shoes are probably not great for your feet, right? You're not getting a lot of traction. They're probably terrible for like ice and stuff, but they still wear them. And I love that they were like, wear suits to dinner. I do think that we should ad- adopt that. I think we should go to Calandra. Frankly, I think we should go to Calandra's every Sunday and we should we have should, a nice right? meal there. Yes. That seems like a lovely time. Yes. And I feel like more people should dress up to nice Italian restaurants, frankly. <laughs> I love it. I think that that's a great tradition. And I wish that it was a real place. And all the food that they're eating just looks good. But also, James Gandolfini eats the shit out of his food. (laughs) He makes it look really, really good. He does like this bite, like sniff thing where he's like, (laughs) as he's taking a bite, you also like hear him breathing. And it's amazing. The breathing was alarming. Okay. Rest in peace, sweet, sweet Jimmy Gandolfini. But the labored But breathing, it makes it look so delicious. No, the, the food was great. The food, he makes the food look really good. Like you just really, they really go heavy on the ASMR on like the sauce moving around the plate and the fork like twisting around the pasta. Like you really yeah. fucking hear all of it, right? So like that's yeah. for sure there. But James Gandolfini's labored breathing was really alarming to me. It made me sad for him because I was like, I don't know if that mic is turned up. I don't know if we're doing this on purpose, but I can hear you all the time, my dude. Constantly. We got to turn that down. It was intentional. What, it shows the so? weight of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It shows the weight of everything that's the, the, like the, the toll that is taking on him. Yeah, he doesn't breathe well. That's why he keeps getting panic attacks, too. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, like I said, the NyQuil has entered the chat. So that's it for this episode. I'll be back later uh, tomorrow to talk about uh, Vanderpump Rules, Real Houses of New Jersey very briefly. If you want to hear all my thoughts about Real Houses of New Jersey, you can head on over to So Bad It's Good by uh, with Ryan Bailey. I was on there to talk about New Jersey uh, premiere, and then I'll be talking about Real Houses of Miami all by myself on a lot of cold medication. Thanks for listening.